0: Armstrong from Caudry in London. With me is Eric Sinrod in San Francisco for the next episode of Tech Law 10. And Eric, you've been thinking about Vietnam.
1: Yes. Uh, My question for you is, how free is the internet? And of course, that's an overly general question. But the answer is less than free in certain countries. And the further answer is, becoming even less free in other countries, witness Vietnam. So just a few weeks ago, Jonathan, a law went into effect in Vietnam that mandates removal of online content considered offensive to the Vietnamese government. Um, The law was put on the books uh, under the pretenses of cybersecurity, but what it actually does is to require the takedown of content deemed Toxic, and I put that in quotes by the government. Uh, moreover, under the new law, user data will have to be provided to the Vietnamese government by tech companies such as Google, excuse me Google and Facebook, um, if requested by the government. They may also be required to open up representative offices in Vietnam. Uh, Internet users in Vietnam also are banned under the new law from communicating information considered to be adverse to the government or that could cause confusion or damage to socioeconomic activities. So that's potentially uh, broad. Uh, there has been, uh, not surprisingly, uh, international concern and criticism that the new Vietnamese law will lead to uh, internet censorship along the lines of what we've already seen uh, in countries such as China. So Facebook, for one, has said in reaction to the Vietnamese law that it believes in the rights of its users and that it wants to enable people to express themselves safely. Facebook also has stated that it removes content that violates its own standards when made aware that those standards have been transgressed and further that it uh, has a process to manage requests from around the world. Of course, Jonathan, how Facebook precisely balances these competing interests is not entirely clear. Um, Now, as we know, Vietnam has attracted technology business in recent years um, and now one must wonder whether internet restrictions like those posed by this new law uh, might act as a deterrent to such business development in Vietnam from the outside. So um, you know, perhaps further pressure from the international community, uh, including tech businesses, could cause the Vietnamese government to rethink its position. But that likely would take time, uh, even if such change could be effectuated, which is far from certain. So all that being said, Jonathan, what do you think about this new uh, move toward uh, Internet censorship censorship in a particular country?
0: Um, I mean, it seems to me that obviously uh, a lot of Eastern regimes, uh, Asian regimes uh, from sort of Turkey eastwards, do tend to favor internet censorship of one form or another as as a very, very broad-brush general rule. Of course, Vietnam is a very complicated uh, 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 nation. I've uh, had the privilege of being there and speaking at conferences there. And, of course, some of their laws are tough. I can remember speaking at a conference there when the UK Bribery Act had just come in and I said and thankfully these are the words I used it has been called uh, by some of the toughest regime uh, anti-bribery regime in the world and and uh, one of the Vietnamese speakers said well do you execute people if they if they disobey that law because if not I don't think that's a very tough law and <laughs> we sometimes forget that that um Countries like Vietnam are only recently becoming acclimatized to Western systems again. Obviously, Vietnam has had a uh, you know, a closeness to the French legal regime and the English legal regime uh, historically. But I, I suspect that the problem of Internet censorship is as old as the Internet itself. The hmm. example I guess I give is... I believe you're the U.S. law expert, Eric, but I believe that Massachusetts passed a law very early in the history of the Internet banning the sale of pipe cleaners. And pipe cleaners were banned because they were things that promoted the art of smoking. And despite the fact that people mostly use pipe cleaners, you know, those wire furry cleaners to make sort of model giraffes for kids these days then they were deemed to be something that should not be sold on the Internet. And the difficulty we always get in any regime, repressive or not, is that if we try and impose what we think is right or wrong on the Internet, then there's always a challenge that uh, our uh, own views are banned, as well as those that we feel that are abhorrent. And I guess over the history of the Internet... Nations have only agreed on a very small number of things uniformly, you know, that, for example, child pornography is bad. They often Mm -hmm. haven't agreed on things like political debate and whether in a one-party state anybody who isn't a member of the party can have a view. So I suspect it's going to be – I suspect it is a problem that's been with us since the dawn of the internet, and I suspect – it will be a problem that's with us since the uh, until the dusk of the internet. And the other issue, of course, always is of enforcement. You know, having been to Vietnam, I'm pretty sure that they have rigorous road traffic laws, but I didn't see any sense of them being enforced. And I guess the thing that we don't know about is enforcement. You know, Russia has very stringent laws on um, things like local local office requirements, like you've discussed as part of this law. And there was a campaign of enforcement initially, but I wonder whether that campaign has petered out to leave the law there more in the um, breach than the observance. I guess what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is we'll have to wait and see, won't we? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, you point out the the pipe cleaner example, and that seems awfully silly. You know, why would there be the banning of online sales of pipe cleaners? Um, But nevertheless, uh, you know, I think we do have concerns when we see that censorship could be out there in a broad way in a particular country that seeks to clamp down on any Internet communications that could be adverse to the interests of that particular government, because as we know, we like to think that, you know, governments are there to serve the will of the people. Um, you know, the governor should be accountable to those who are governed. And when they sort of stamp out, you know, freedom of speech, of course, we have a robust freedom of speech here in the United States, notwithstanding the, the Massachusetts example of pipe cleaners that you point out, um, you know, it becomes uh, problematical uh, when there can't be free speech. And one one of the great benefits of the internet one of the detriments is, is that you know people can get online and communicate uh, generally speaking we think of that as, as favorable there are obviously some examples where the internet can be used for hate speech and, and things like that um, i think you do bring up a really good point though about enforcement um, you know the laws differ uh, across countries uh some countries are much more repressive when it comes to uh, freedom of internet speech and some are uh, more liberal uh, then the question is, you know, what, what is the enforcement like? Uh, but even just having a law like this on the books could potentially act as a significant de- deterrent to free speech uh, in a country like Vietnam. So, of course, as you say, we will have to see. But some might argue that this is not a positive trend, seeing a law like this go on the books.
0: Yeah, so that's that what I have to say. It does t- yeah, I think one more thing it does tell us, of course, Eric, and we would say this, wouldn't we? is the need for good counsel. One size doesn't fit all on the internet. And quite frequently, if you have uh, offerings of goods and services, even if they're passive, not active, if you just Mm -hmm. mention that you can do stuff on your internet, uh, on the internet, then that can put you within the jurisdiction of countries where you didn't really intend to sell and that wasn't in your business planning. So I guess, Like all of these things, one of the lessons to be learned is having a proper strategy. And particularly if your site enables P2P communication, so users to communicate with each other, then you will want to do a thorough legal review of this Vietnamese law and other laws like it before you launch.
1: Absolutely true. Correct. Okay. Well, listen, this has been your weekly Tech Law 10. I'm Eric Sinrod in the San Francisco office of Dwayne Morris. You can find me at ejcinrodduainemorris.com for email. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Uh, we're going strong in 2019. Who would have thought? We're now well into 2019. we I forget exactly the podcast number we're on right now, but I think we've well past 250 and we continue to keep going. So, Jonathan, why don't you close this up and we'll talk to you the next time.
0: Yeah, uh, Jonathan Armstrong. Uh, Sorry, Jonathan.Armstrong at CordrayCompliance.com. Do uh, definitely get in touch with us if there's any topic that you think we should speak about. We'll be with you again in a week or so, um, provided, of course, that some foreign government doesn't close us down. Thanks Ah. for listening. Cheers.